The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Fascinating interviews and compelling conversations. Be present. The Diane Ray Show. Welcome, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. I really appreciate it. Wherever you are in this COVID-19 self-imposed exile that we're in right now. But hey, it's a great time to listen to online radio. And it's also a great time to listen to podcasts. So if you are doing that, I appreciate it. And I'm really thankful that you're joining me for the show today. And I want to say a shout out to a friend of mine, Jim, who is actually recovering from COVID-19 in Seattle. And just so you know, healthy guy, ran marathons, all did everything he was supposed to do, working from home, and he still caught it. So he is recovering, and I'm really happy about that. And hopefully he is listening. (laughs) So Jim, uh, we're thinking about you. Um, A lot of us just facing this really weird new normal, right? It's just crazy, but we're going to do the best we can and just kind of push forward. And, you know, one of the silver linings, I guess, in all of this is that a lot of us are having a lot more time to read, you know, and do uh, relaxing things like that, reading. I actually bought a paint by numbers kit, okay? (laughs) The last time I did this, I was 10 years old and it was on black velvet. I think it was a horse head. (laughs) So I'm trying some different things to uh, keep myself occupied and and motivated, but I've been doing some reading, and one of the books that I've been diving into is going to be a lot of fun to talk about today, so I'm really glad you guys can tune in for this conversation. So I've been spending some time with uh, my friend Pam Grout's book here, A Course in Miracles Experiment, and this is a starter kit for rewiring your mind. So just I got to give you a little background on A Course in Miracles if you're not quite sure what it is or what exactly is going on with this. Although a lot of people who are probably listening to this show are already tuned into what A Course in Miracles is. So I'm going to give you the short uh, wiki, Wikipedia version of this. So the book A Course in Miracles was first written back in 1972 by a woman named Helen Shookman. It was published in 1976. And Helen was a research associate to a guy named Bill Bradford at Columbia Presbyterian Medical Center in New York. So as the story goes, their weekly office meetings had gotten a little contentious, and Bill Thetford said out loud, there must be a better way to deal with people to do this. So in, in the course of this, experiencing this friction, I guess Helen began experiencing a series of inner experiences and directives Uh, an inner voice that was giving her clear direction that she identified as Jesus, which told her, this is A Course in Miracles, please take notes. So I guess if I heard something like that, I would start feverishly writing things down as well. So she did start doing that. And over the course of a few years, these notes became the book and workbook that we know today as A Course in Miracles. And that, of course, is the shortened Wikipedia version of this. So A Course in Miracles has gone on to sell millions of copies, and it's been cited as a major influence 
by many spiritual teachers, including ones that I've come in contact with, like Louise Hay, Marian Williamson, Dr. Wayne Dyer, Alan Cohen, just to name a few. And, you know, I was always interested in what A Course in Miracles was about, you know, after talking to some of these above named spiritual teachers. And honestly, like, I'll, I'll be honest with you, you know, I was a little skeptical of things, quote, channeled, you know, but then if you think about it, many stories in the Bible describe events that you could consider channeled. So who, who am I to judge, right? So anyway, kind of take that part out of it. And there's some really solid, amazing lessons in the teachings of A Course in Miracles, you know, but every time I tried to pick it up and understand it, I would just come away with bits and pieces. So anyway, that's kind of a long intro <laughs> into what we're going to be talking about today. So I've been spending time with Pam Grout's book, The Course in Miracles Experiment, and this really is a breath of fresh air for anyone who's curious about the teachings in a course. And Pam has done a real world rewrite of the lessons in A Course in Miracles from the workbook. And that offers a 365 day lesson plan that you follow along with. So I'm getting Pam on the show here and we're gonna talk about the book and how we can use these lessons in our lives. So Pam, welcome to the show. So great to talk to you today. Hey, thank you, Diane. It's so great to be here. I always enjoy my interviews with you. So thanks for having me on. Well, I'm really happy that we could talk about this today because as I was going through the um, the lessons in the book and the way it's laid out, it's like a daily plan every day. And I'm thinking, wow, this is so great that I've got Pam on here today, especially at this crazy time in our world, because we can really use and apply these lessons now more than ever. So it's on here to kind of explain it to me. So, I mean, I gave kind of the little overview of what A Course in Miracles is. And everybody kind of comes to these teachings in a different way. Like when I've spoken to Alan Cohen about it or Robert Holden or some of these other teachers, like they all have a, a story of how they found A Course in Miracles. So I have to ask you, how did you find A Course in Miracles? Well, I was doing a course when I was first out of college. I was in Kansas City and the university there did what they called a free university. And that was a class that anybody could offer. Like, say you just wanted to offer a painting class or whatever your skill was, you could offer a class. And it was usually, you know, some of them would be one day a week, some of them would be twice a week. And there was a woman who was giving a course on Gerald Jampolsky's book, Love is Letting Go of Fear. And that was one of the first books that was actually written about The Course in Miracles. And of course, Gerald Jampolsky didn't mention the word God. He talked about love versus fear. And so it just briefly talked about Course in Miracles. But it, in, you know, so interesting to me, this class that I took and this teacher that was teaching this this class that I went out and immediately bought a course in miracles like so many people do. <laughs> and I started reading it and I had no idea what it was talking about. And I think that's kind of the experience for a lot of us, but that was way back probably 30 years ago. And for whatever reason, it, even though I didn't exactly understand it, I wasn't exactly sure <laughs> what it was all about. I kept with it. And um, eventually, and this is the goal I think for all of us is that, guide you know that spoke to Helen Shuckman um, what the course calls the Holy Spirit but that outside guide that is available for all of us and I think eventually as we 
you know, decide to go through this and discipline ourselves with practicing this, this voice will connect with this voice. And then it just makes life a whole lot easier because we have this outside guidance. It kind of gets us out of our head, you know, the crazy voices. And we're actually connected to this deeper, bigger source. And I think that is the ultimate goal of the workbook and of the Course in Miracles. And of course, you know, Helen and uh, Bill Thetford did indeed do that. But when you think about it, you said, oh, and she decided to listen. Because I think a lot of us would have guidance like that and would have things like, here, please take notes. And a lot of us wouldn't do it. So I think it's a miracle right there that they went ahead and said, okay, I'm going to listen. I mean, I'm sure they thought you know, they were absolutely nuts. I mean, these are professors <laughs> at Columbia University, and they are listening to this disembodied voice coming through them. <laughs> you know, so pretty much a miracle that they went ahead and, and decided to to listen and take notes and write this down as a, you know, service to the world. Right. That's so true. And that's why I I wanted people to know the history, because I think it's interesting where if, if you get caught up on the kind of quote story of well it was this voice that she was listening to and that kind of thing and 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 like I like I mentioned earlier you know when you think about it okay there there are a lot of stories in the bible that mention being able to receive that kind of transmission and actually you could probably be burned at the stake at certain times in history if you admitted that <laughs> you heard those voices you know you'd be called a heretic or something like that how dare you think that you can be in communication with god um but I mean, I do it every day. I'm sure you do it. I try to get quiet and listen to that voice. And I guess what you're saying with the course is that it gives you strategies to kind of cut out the static and like a radio station kind of tune in to that that beautiful source and energy and voice that's available to all of us. And I've said before on um, on other interviews, talking to people about like tuning into that. Sometimes my voice, when I tune into it, sounds like Hal, you know, the computer on one in Space Odyssey, <laughs> although not as sinister, you know, like it'll say, it's okay, Diane, you know, in that way. And <laughs> I don't know if that freaks people out, but it works for me when I try to tune in and, and you know, even with what's going on now in our daily world, in our daily world, it's more important than ever for all of us to be able to have access to, be able to tune into that. And you're so right that, you know, the the bravery that they wrote this down and admitted it, of of how she was experiencing this information, is really is really pretty incredible. Right. And for seven years, I think it was that they did this every day, you know, where she'd get the messages and then he would transcribe it. And then eventually it started, um, you know, adding up. And I'm sure in the beginning they wouldn't have wanted anybody to know. I'm sure it was their secret, <laughs> you know, but as they started doing, because in the original version, there was a lot of specific information for them in particular and for their department and for them to to use in their own lives. And after a while, even though you think you're nuts and like, who am I to hear this voice? Eventually you start doing what that voice asks you to do. And you see that, wow, it's really changing my life. And I would say that after seven years of seeing these astounding differences in their life, that's what made them finally brave enough you know, to put this out into the world because, you know, they could have actually lost their academic credentials to say, hey, we're hearing this weird voice. It's Dear Abby from the sky or whatever that's talking to us. And I think, 
you know, that'd be a pretty risky thing to put out there. But because it was so powerful in their lives and because it was making such huge changes, I think they finally decided, okay, it's time to put it out there. You know, and they mimeographed off, I don't know, 200 copies or something like that and passed it around. And, you know, one thing led to another. You know, we're all playing our part in this rewriting of the world. In fact, I don't know if you noticed the epigraph in the beginning of my book. I kind of was looking at that today and I thought, oh, maybe I should feel guilty because <laughs> what my original epigraph to that book in my copy, of course, in Miracles Experiment, you know, the book that I wrote, it was go forth my book and help destroy the world as we know it. And it was a quote by Russell Banks. And I thought, oh, my goodness, look what's happened. <laughs> the world as we right. know it is being destroyed. I thought, whoa, that, that was sort of uh, interesting <laughs> interesting to look at, though. Hopefully I, I uh, am not responsible for this uh, particular rewriting that's going on in our world today <laughs> right now. Right. It, it was a little prophetic, you know, in a way that you wrote that. But the way I've been trying to think of it is kind of like we're in a reboot, right? Almost a computer reboot where uh, I'm, I'm trying to look around and see the, the positives and the silver linings that are occurring all around me. And I think if everybody takes a minute to do that, they'll see it too. Like I was just speaking with my sister yesterday, who's a huge technophobe, and she's a teacher. And being in this situation is forcing her to learn how to learn computer programs and learn how to implement course lessons for her teachers and to make that process easier. And she's she's finding ways to do it. And, and it's kind of, I guess it's kind of forcing us to change. Sometimes we need to be kicked or pushed or cosmically thrown off the cliff in some way, you know, before yeah, we embrace no, things. Yeah, right? I feel like in many ways, this particular uh, ceasefire or whatever that's going on right now in our world is really stripping our world down to its studs. I mean, literally everything right. is being rewritten and changed. I mean, we have, you know, that opportunity. I think one of the things that has just struck me by this is how quickly everything changed. I mean, it seems like almost overnight. And the hopeful thing about that is, you know, all these things that we've wanted for our world, you know, equality for all and, you know, um, everybody to have enough food and all these big things that we thought, well, that's down the road. You know, it's down the road. It'll take us a few years. I mean, this is kind of our attitude. What we've learned from this coronavirus is how quickly um, we can mobilize when we need to. So that to me is a very hopeful thing is just how quickly we could flip the world. And I feel like the world is possibly being flipped right now. So that's a positive thing. And the other thing is think about this tiny little invisible virus spread across the world so quickly across the entire planet. I mean, it proves that we're all connected. I mean, you know, we are one, you know, we've been saying that in the spiritual world forever, but talk about potent proof right now we're getting that that we are all one and that we can also spread a virus of love and of peace and now with everything changing and all the things that we thought were secure in our life all the things we believed what we were counting on they may be disappearing and so we will have you know real ample reason to depend on the things that are real and the things that um, really can bring us to peace and truth and the kind of things that we we really want. So to me, there is definitely an upside to all of this. And it's rebirth, so to speak. And birth can be messy at times and it can be painful at times. But it also 
you know, is just an exciting, beautiful time as well. So anyway, that's kind of what I, how I see this whole temporary shutdown that we're going through. Right. It is so interesting, though, when you when you bring that point up of, yeah, we have heard for so many years, oh, we are all connected. And people may have thought that was kind of just woo woo, you know, philosophy. But now we're seeing in a real sense that we are, you know, we are all connected, uh, swimming in the, the sea of energy that we are in every day. And how yeah, it, it, it's just kind of mind-blowing, really, what's happening. And and also to bring it kind of circled around to some of the lessons in A, a Course in Miracles, you know, when I was looking over the workbook, you know, the 365 book exercises, you know, one of the big things is like concept of moving out of fear, condemnation out of fear to forgiveness out of love, moving out of fear, moving into love and forgiveness. Well, I'm I'm in a lot of fear right now. I'm sure a lot of us are. There's a lot of uncertainty. So here's a big test and a challenge, right? To kind of move move out of that, move out of fear. And how would you kind of apply that to, that to the situation we're in all like moving out of fear, which we're surrounded by the minute you turn on the TV every day, and trying to move into love. Right. No, this is talk about an opportunity to really practice the spiritual principles that we've been talking about our entire lives. You know, we've been preparing for this forever. Um, so, I mean, I think all of us are going through that where we have those moments of fear. I mean, I think they keep coming up. And one of the things the Course in Miracles says over and over again is I could choose peace instead of this. I could see peace instead of this. So, I mean, I practice that. I say that. I repeat that you know, maybe 3,000 times a day, you know, anytime a thought of fear comes up, and believe me, um, I look at the news or whatever, and fear does definitely come up. But then, again, knowing this truth that the Course promises that, that this is an illusion, that this material world, you know, our physical bodies may be in danger, so to speak, or that's the message that we're getting, the fearful message that we're getting, but who we really are, who we truly are, you know, our bigger radiant selves is not in danger in any way. And that's just a really reassuring thing. And again, the thing about the 365 day workbook is you repeat this over and over. It's a daily practice because again, we are, for me, it's even like an hourly practice or a minute by minute practice. I mean, because right now, the fear, which the Course would call the ego, is rearing its ugly head for sure. But we have a real opportunity to find peace. And what a radical notion that we could choose peace in this time. We could choose love in this time. And all the Course asks for is a tiny bit of willingness. We're not asked to change the world or rewrite you know, everything. We're just asked for a little bit of willingness. And I think sometimes when we're brought to our knees, just like, you know, Helen and Bill, there was so much infighting in their departments, like, wow, there's got to be a better way. And so I think all of us now, as we're brought to our knees, are asking, you know, what is the better way? So um, it's really, it's really a powerful time. And as I, I saw a Jack Cornfield quote, and he said, this virus isn't against us, it's actually for us. So that's kind of a cool thing to think about, too. <laughs> a lot of people might disagree with that. But I think a lot of the forces that were, you know, the, the old normal were starting to kind of fray at the edges anyway. 
So I feel like this is almost just the perfect, um, you know, transition to a different world. And so, so many of the things, um, like for example, in our country, you know, not having national health care and different things like that. So I feel like a lot of positive things will come from this. And a lot of these things that were not working, I mean, everybody's like, I want to get it back to normal, but it's like, well, do we really want it to get back to normal? I mean, this gives us a chance to possibly radically change everything, not to possibly, it will radically change everything. It's a fork in the road and we get to decide, do we want to go back to the fearful way or do we want to go back to the we're one, you know, love and peace and brotherhood, you know, so it, we're at a fork and this is an exciting time. Right. That's so interesting to think of it that way, because you're right. We do have that choice. You know, I can wake up every day and up on the news and choose to be kind of engulfed in those headlines and be overwhelmed by, you know, the death counts rising, the the fear is overcoming. And and it is fearful. And, you're, and it's not to minimize anything that's happening because it is a fear, but choose to try and just influence my surroundings and the way I react to it and the people that I react with or interact with every day. And then hopefully that will send ripples out and make somewhat of a difference. And you're right. Like it does kind of seem in a way Pollyanna, like, Oh, the virus is say what easy, you know, like people are dying. That's serious, you know, and, and, and to think of, I guess, think of ways that you can, react to it or make that choice in a different way, I guess is what, what I'm trying to say. But, right. And you're right. It's kind of a, a thing you have to remind yourself of all the time during, you know, during the. Right. Right. And even the, you know, the, um, the death of our physical bodies, I mean, in a bigger cosmic sense, you know, we are so much more than these physical bodies. So, you know, it's really causing us to stretch here. Um, you know, right. what is really true? Who are we really? You know, I just uh, tweeted something <laughs> yesterday that John Lennon had said. He said, I'm not afraid of death. It's really just like getting out of one car and getting into another. And I mean, that's like totally going way out there. And that's probably not what people want to hear right now. But but I mean, it really is making us look at what is really true and who are we really? Who am I really? I mean, even this whole thing, you know, now that we're all connected on computers, you know, we're no longer bodies together. We're now consciousness together in a sense. Like you and I are talking, you know, you're in California, I'm here in Kansas, and yet we're having a perfectly wonderful conversation, you know, how many miles away so our bodies don't have to be there. And I mean, again, this is pretty, that's, it's pretty much the PhD part of the Course in Miracles, but truly, you know, we are realizing that we're a lot more than just these physical bodies. And this is the perfect uh, time to really realize that and to think about that. Right. And that's that's such a great lesson to remember. And that was something that I heard a lot from, you know, teachers like Dr. Wayne Dyer. Um, you know, he would always say we're spiritual beings having a human experience. And if if you try to look up that quote, which I did, you know, it's been attributed to several different people, Wayne included, um, also a French philosopher and priest, Pierre Teilhard de Chardin, who said that. Um, but I've, I take a lot of comfort in that thought that you know, I'm just encased in this meat suit that I'm in for right now, for how, however long that this physically will last on this earth. Eventually, entropy will take over and, you know, <laughs> it'll wear out. But but what I am 
will will continue to go on. And I and I really think that. I think that's true. Yes, I, I mean, I'll that's what the out. Course in Miracles definitely <laughs> says. I mean, if you look at yeah. it, you know, the death rate on planet Earth remains steady at 100%. <laughs> you know, we're all going to die. Right. Our bodies are going to die. But who we really are will never die. And, and you know, that's um, a very comforting thought. And that's what the Course in Miracles is very clear on, that in some ways, this world of our bodies is an illusion. I mean, that's one of the things the Course talks about all the time. There's a whole section like 20 uh, lessons where it says I'm not a body I am free I am still as God created me so that is one of the you know tenets of the Course in Miracles is that we are not these bodies and these bodies cannot be threatened I mean the Course in Miracles starts with um, nothing real can be threatened nothing unreal exists therein lies the peace of God so anything that's real about us is not threatened in any way. You know, some of the illusory parts of ourselves may be threatened or appears to be threatened, but who we really are is not under any sort of threat in any way. Right. And that means our our inner our inner world is actually more real in a in than our outer world. Is isn't that one of the tenets too or one of the lessons? Oh, yeah, for sure. You know, that, for sure. Who, yeah, who I am as as an inner being, as an inner inner spirit or whatever you or whatever you want to call it, I guess. It, it's so I love wrapping my head around this kind of stuff. It's, <laughs> it's hard, fun. To, wrap it's fun to, hard talk for about. to wrap my head around. That's for sure. <laughs> I know our little pea brains to try to wrap our brains around around some of this stuff. Um, but yeah, that that particular point, I think, is is really important to remember because that's really what's true is what's inside of us, who we are inside of us, not so much the, um, the, the meat suits that are outside of us. So in the, we've got like a minute or two, then we're going to take a short break. And in the second segment, we might try to take a call. We've got some callers kind of rolling in, you know, Pam, I'm one of the uh, last, you know, Mohicans of live radio. So I still try, I still try to keep that alive. So, (laughs) right. So I do encourage, you know, people to join the conversation and that number is 816-251-3555. If they happen to be, um, you know, available at this space and time that we're occupying right now as uh, the show continues. So yeah, we do, we do try to um, but I'm loving the book and I'm loving the lessons and just kind of taking a deep dive into it. And I did out my copy of A Course in Miracles. And you can hear I have it on my desk. <laughs> I dro- yeah, dropped it, it very heavy, heavily. Just like it, is. <laughs> I, it is, yeah. And uh, I got it at a garage sale. Um, so it was fun to kind of compare the original book with the that you broke down in your book. We're going to come back and more with Pam Grout about her book, The Course in Miracles Experiment on unityonlineradio.org. Thanks for joining me. All are welcome. We're glad you found us. Unity Online Radio. The voice of an awakening world. Welcome back to Be Present, the Diane Ray Show. 
Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for joining me through the break. I'm chatting with Pam Grout about her new book, The Course in Miracles Experiment. And this is a starter kit for Viral Mind. And hey, who doesn't have time to do that? Come on, you've got time to rewire your mind now that most of us are sequestering at home while we wait for this kind of thing to hopefully blow over soon. Just so many great lessons are in this book. I'm really loving it. And we're just having a lot of fun chatting about some of the uh, lessons and strategies and things Pam presents in the book. So we have been getting some callers rolling in. And since we are doing live radio, let's grab a caller and chat with her if she has any questions for Pam. So uh, I will go to Lauren and Heather. Hi, Heather. There. Ah, she's gone. Oh, go to Kayla. Kayla on line two. Yes. Hey, hello. Here. Thanks for joining me today. Can you hear? Can you hear? Yep, I can hear you. Okay. Well, Kayla on with Pam Grout. Did you have a question for Pam? Um. Basically, whatever she feels that my spirit guides want to tell me, I guess. Oh, this isn't a spirit guide type of show. We're talking about A Course in Miracles. But good news, you can tap into your own spirit guide and get that information yourself. Isn't that awesome? You don't, you don't even need anybody. Do yeah, you feel that's like you can... great. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of what the Course in Miracles is about, is it teaching us or helping us connect with that guidance is there for all of us. And the thing that's really cool about it is this guidance, these spirit guides, if that's another name for it, you can call them, they are available 24-7. Uh-huh. And we do not need a psychic or a medium, although they're very useful and I use them myself. I'm not saying we don't can't use them but we can also get the guidance and the connection with the other side on our own and that's what's so beautiful about this and that's what my book encourages you know if you do this 365 lessons this workbook by the time you're done the ultimate goal is that you will be in touch with those voices those guide yourself and again the most exciting thing is that they're available for all of us 24 7 i mean that's pretty cool a hotline that's available 24 7 we only get to listen to diane (laughs) once a week for an hour but you know these spirit (laughs) guides are here all the time so how cool is that Right. So, Kayla, just let's try a little experiment while we have you on the air. So what were you thinking that you needed some guidance in? Any, um, anything in just, particular? Just life in general. Which is pretty crazy, I'm sure, there in Pennsylvania where you are, too, right? So the same here in California? Or yeah, it's all lockdown. Yeah. It but, is. Um, I, yeah, we're all... Yeah. I work in the healthcare, so I get to leave anyway <laughs> well thank you so Kayla, you're for working for in healthcare. Our... that's got to be a, a challenging time for you so thank you so much for serving all of us and for doing that that's really beautiful so thank you thank you thank you thank you yeah one of the things i, know, I feel like I... saying thank you for service oh. yes thank you I, one of the things that I recently did a blog post about is that it's really important right now for all of us to use what I call the two magic words. 
And the two magic words, and I've written about this many, many times, is our, it's okay. You know, whatever we're feeling right now, it's okay. <laughs> whatever we're doing right now, it's okay. I think a lot of us are... Um, are so worried or even feel guilt because we're not doing enough or we're, you know, whatever it might be, but whatever it is we're feeling, whatever it is we're doing, it's okay. And those are magic words. And I don't know if right. that's helpful at all to you, Kayla, but that was what came to me um, just right now and just really loving yourself. And um, again, patting yourself on the back and being kind to yourself, especially since you're on the front lines of, of what's happening right now. So you've got to be so kind to yourself in every way. Absolutely. And Kayla, yeah. thanks so much for calling in, sharing some of your thoughts and feelings with us. I really appreciate it. No problem. Okay, so let me go to my caller number one. I believe she called back. Let's get her on. Hi, welcome to the show. Can you hear me this time? Hi, Diane. Oh, yes, I can. Hi, how are you? I am. And this is Heather, right? Yes, it's Heather. How are you? <laughs> I'm, I'm good. We got good. Uh, the call screener got your name up here. Yeah, I'm okay, loving it. Okay. See, this is what happens. I have radio. It's all going on at once. It's crazy. Oh my so, God. Heather, you're well, on with Pam Grout today. What I was know, your uh, question Pam, or comment? Pam, I'm excited to read your book because, you know, you hear people say, I've been studying the course. I'm a, a student of the course, and I've had the course for many years, and, you know, I will read it and pick it up and put it down and all that. But, you know, it's it's tough. It's a tough Thing to make it through and honestly I've never made it through 365 consecutively you know so maybe your book would be really helpful with that um, well, yeah I felt really guided to do this and how this whole book came about I, I was blogging about my journey in A Course in Miracles starting in January 1st of 2018 I start over every year and I was just blogging you know okay first lesson this is what it means to me second lesson this is what it means to me and it didn't take long before I got email after email comment after comment you need to turn this into a book so I feel like my assignment you know we all have our assignments in this little project and this little project here on planet earth and I feel like one of my assignment in writing this book really was to make it more accessible to make it more fun for people because I always say if something's not fun it's not going to be sustainable and again we want this to be sustainable meaning we'll stick with it because if we're going to develop those muscles of hearing this um, higher guidance and this you know holy spirit as it's called in the course um we need we need to practice and and this is a daily practice it's 365 lessons and i just wanted to make it fun and to make it something that people could stick with and that people could enjoy and not look at it as some grim thing that they have to get up and do in the morning so anyway thank you for for uh, that faith in me and i hope that you do enjoy it and i hope that it brings you everything you you hope for <laughs> Well, and I have a question. I think it's like really very much in your wheelhouse. Like I've read your other books and I love doing all these experiments. You guys hear that train in the background? That's that's where that's in Kansas. Talk about being connected. We can hear it everywhere. That's in Kansas. Okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, that's the, great. the whole, I remember in your first book in E squared, one of the first experiments or not E squared. What was the first one was? Um, yeah, E squared was the first one I did with Hay House you know, okay. back in 2013. And there were the experiments where it's like go out 
and look for something. I'll, I'll never forget. I told my son, I'm going to look for turquoise cars. And he's like, Mom, there are no turquoise cars. Like, they just don't come in that color. And then, of course, we saw, you know, like, there's one. I'm like, that's turquoise. And that's turquoise. And he's like, yeah, I guess there are turquoise cars. And then, But anyway, in The Course in Miracles, there's that lesson about what you see is not, doesn't mean what you think it means. Like, your meaning over what you see. And I think that that's really poignant. Like right now, I've been thinking about that a lot, that you guys, that's very helpful what the two of you were talking about, about that this may have a larger meaning, that this is kind of a rebirthing. And Diane knows I'm a gardener. I'm like, that's my job. I'm out working in people's gardens. And, you know, of course, I see, see things die, and then I see things regrow. And sometimes things get, like, completely messed up or overgrown or full of weeds or whatever. And then then, you know, it can evolve into something even better once it's cleared out and cleaned up and becomes healthy again. And so, I don't know, I was listening to the two of you and I was thinking, you know, maybe what what we see that is like eliciting so much fear in me is not even what's real. You know, like it's, like the Course says, it's like it doesn't mean what you think it means. You just, it's beyond what we can understand it means. Exactly. Well, you know, if we really believe that the universe has our back and that we really do live in a benevolent universe that really is always crafting our good and always, you know, working things out, then we have to trust that this particular thing we're going through is also for our good and is also working out for the benefit of mankind. And I really do believe that. And that is where the course is very useful because it says my thoughts do not mean anything. My fears are not real. <laughs> so that's that's a pretty striking thing. And a lot of people, you know, don't want to believe that. Like, oh, no, my every my thoughts are real. But it says over and over in the course that, no, that's your ego speaking and that there is a deeper story. There's always a bigger truth. And, I, you know, love is what's real. Love is the only thing that's real. So anything that doesn't look like love, that looks like danger, that looks like scarcity or lack, that's not real. <laughs> so I hope, my highest hope for this is that we will really cling to what is real and we will learn to depend on what is real and not the um, illusory world that um, is possibly, well, is changing for sure. <laughs> the stories that we've long told are changing. Um, well, best of health and safety to both of you. I'll keep thinking about you, Diane, and your friend and your family. And um, we're all good here in, in Austin. Things are shut down, but good. And I'm just spending every day out in my garden. Usually I'm out in someone else's garden. So it's an opportunity for me to just be paying attention to all my plants and flowers and vegetables. So yay. Yay. Yeah, Thank you for gardening. Bonus. That's this such nice. an important thing. I love gardening. <laughs> I love the natural world. So good for you. Oh yeah. Hey, and guys, so if great. you're like stuck in your apartment or, you know, your house and you can't do anything, there are these crazy videos that you can like regrow your own vegetables in the fridge. Like you can cut a celery and get it to regrow. And there are like videos you can look on YouTube. And so I tried a bunch of it. It's just really fun. So if you can't have a whole garden, go out there and like start playing with the veggies that are going bad in your fridge and you can like regrow them on the counter. It's really fun. Oh, that is so cool. I, <laughs> well, Heather, thank you so much. We'll I, that, I, 
cannot wait to look at some of those videos and try that out. That is really beautiful. Thank you. It's exciting. It's fun. All right. Take care, you guys. Thanks for taking okay. my call. Thank you. Bye. You're awesome, Heather. Thanks so much. She's great. She's a fan of, of Unity Radio. I love her. Okay. Positive. And, you know, I like what you were saying, Pam, about you know, all there is is love, right? All we need is love, and it's such a powerful force. And I don't know, are you a fan of the TV show called Cosmos? Um, I have. I think I might have seen an episode, but it sounds like something I would definitely like. Is that the one with Carl Sagan? Or you would love it. Well, a new version now with Neil deGrasse Tyson, and there was an okay. awesome episode that I just watched, and they were talking about how plants and natural worlds all connected and how they actually communicate with each other. And also that there's these little microorganisms that live in water, like little one-celled uh, animals, and that they actually seek each other out and they like love each other, <laughs> you know, like for no other reason other than to make you feel better. And so if, if that power exists, even on the microscopic level, isn't that really what God is like that source through everything that that power oh. of love that runs through everything? Oh, that's so beautiful. Well, there's a movie out um, that I saw recently before all this happened called Fantastic Fungi. Have you heard about that movie? But it talks oh, about. But I'll look it up. <laughs> What's that? I said, I'll look it up. I'll put it on my Netflix list of, of yeah, things now I have to watch. I don't know if it's watch. out yet on Netflix or any of the streaming services, but I'm sure it will be soon. But it talks about that very thing, you know, the mycelium that connects all the trees and connects everything. And it's just beautiful how, I mean, and yes, you could call that love. It's like actually serving each other, you know, if, and even trees, you know, they're now finding out that, you know, one tree maybe is attacked in a forest by say some pest and it will send these signals out to its fellow trees to, Hey, start building up these antibodies. I mean, the trees, all of nature is communicating with us. And I would say it is love. I mean, that is what it is. It's like protecting each other, um, realizing that we're one again. Um, they, the trees, they are one. You know, you look at an aspen grove and it looks like a bunch of separate trees, but it's actually all one big giant organism. And, and in some ways, that's our whole planet is one big giant organism. So I love that idea of plants loving. And I, I definitely do feel that for sure. I just wrote a blog post recently about my guidance. This is kind of before all this stuff heated up, but that my guidance recently has been to spend more time with trees. And I plan in 2020 to spend some time in some old growth forest. I've already got several spots that I want to go visit. Now, I'm not traveling at the moment, so I'm not sure how that's going to play out. But I am spending a lot of time with trees here in town. In fact, you know, this whole thing, we can't hug each other anymore. So I've been hugging, you know, my eight trees, which, you know, they say you need eight hugs for, uh, for, uh, you know, well-being. So I'm hugging my trees. And of course, I've got my partner here and hugging him too. But but anyway, um, it is, uh, yeah, trees, I think, are trying to teach us. I think all of nature is trying to possibly get through to us here with this uh, current situation we're in. Right. That's so true. It could be just kind of that, you know, like we we're talking the cosmic, you know, tap on the shoulder, getting us to pay attention. Um, but yeah, I was thinking about that when I was watching that episode of of cosmos that that to me if that love is the universal force that's really holding us all together 
that really is is the power of God. And these little micro animals, they're called tardigrades, and they they communicate with each other and they hug on each other. It's it's amazing. So that's love. You know, these little uh, cellular organisms um, all loving on each other. So we really need to to tap into that. Um, you know, that is existing all around us. So it's, you know, again, wrapping my brain around some of these crazy big concepts. Uh, I love that. Now to circle back a little bit to something you had mentioned before about, you know, things that are illusory, things that are illusions, and we can decide which is right, which is an illusion, like that, uh, you know, Moody Blues song, Nights in White Satin. And he says, which is right and which is an illusion. I don't know if you remember that. This is DJ popping out. Yeah, you know, I remember yeah. these, these 70s prog rock, you know, songs. But what the course says is that, okay, if life is an illusion of our creation, then we can dismantle and recreate it at will, right? I mean, that I love that idea. I do too. And I feel like maybe because we are given that opportunity right now, we're being given that opportunity that, you know, everything we thought can be changed and um, the world is malleable. We're finding out that all these things we thought were rock solid maybe aren't. So there's something else that's rock solid. And and, and we've been living in an illusion in a lot of ways. So um, it's time to give up the illusion. The illusion wasn't working anymore, perhaps. Maybe that's what's happening. I mean, I think this is all to be revealed to us, but it really is an exciting time. And yes, I know there's fear and I know there's death and there's all kinds of things. But again, death is an illusion. Um, it's a very powerful illusion, but it's also, um, I don't know, there is just a lot bigger story going on right now. And um, I think the more we're open to that, the more peace I think we can find and uh, letting go of some of those illusions. Right. Also being open to the fact that we don't know, and that's okay. And I think I saw an interview uh, a couple of years back with Deepak Chopra, and he said, you know, I, I know something like, I know what I don't know. Um, I know I know nothing, basically, was what he was saying. Like, when you think that you've got it figured out, then you really don't. And that the more you're open to that fact that you don't know and stop assuming, you know, the old adage of assuming, you know, like an ass of you and me, to stop <laughs> assuming those meaningless thoughts, you know, that's the opportunity to let real happiness in, right? So just exactly. like it's okay that we well, don't know. One of the know. things I talk about in one of the lessons, and I think I've talked about this before, that one of my heroes is Colonel Schultz from Hogan's Heroes, because he'd go around, he'd go, I know nothing, you know, in his clipped German accent. <laughs> and that really is, I don't know, that might be my highest spiritual practice. I know nothing. But because what I think I know is so often wrong, because it is an illusion, when I really admit that I know nothing, then this truth can come in. Like, you know, those tachycardiums or whatever you said they were called that are speaking to each other. I feel like that's happening with us too. All this information, all this love is streaming to us and trying to get through to us. But we have created this big wall, I think, or a veil or whatever it is with our thoughts and with our, we know this is the way it is. We know that this is happening. Well, now everything we thought we knew everything we thought we depended, it's kind of changing. So now it's maybe the other, the love, the those little things, which I don't know if plants only have them or whatever, but you know, these, these bigger forces, these forces of love are going to be able to get through because we're going to say, you know what, 
everything we thought we knew, all these stories that we told that reality formed around, you know, reality forms around our thoughts. And so a lot of that's changing. So this higher, uh, more meaningful reality can finally get through to us, perhaps as we know nothing, as we wipe away a lot of the sureties, the certainties that we've been depending on. That doesn't necessarily sound very right, good. It's it does. scary, but but it's also a cool possibility. I like it. I'm open to that possibility. Yeah. I, I love that. And, yeah. I, and I remember Hogan's Heroes. So. <laughs> I remember that character. Show, yeah. I know. It, it is, it's corny, but it's it's funny, too. You know, yeah. and I get that. Like, yeah. I know nothing. And when I try to let go of that, um, yeah, it's amazing. Like, be open. I mean, really, you know, Louise Hay used to say the point of power is in the present moment. And I don't know if she was the first to say that. Probably not. I mean, <laughs> everything's already been said at one time or another, right? But it's so true that, okay, only this moment, I know what's happening because I'm experiencing it right now as it's happening. I can't assume that I know what's going to happen 10 minutes later from now. Who could have, who could have assumed what we're experiencing right now? Right. And I I think a really important practice for us now in these times is right at this moment, this particular moment, we are fine. Everything is fine in this particular moment. And when the next moment comes along and if we succumb to COVID or whatever, then we can deal with that then. But for right now in this moment, it's okay. Everything's okay. And I think we really do have to just focus on the present moment because it is fine. And so much of what's wrong is, is our fears and our thoughts and our crazy, you know, little hamster wheels going off in our brains. So I think the more we can get back to that present moment, the, the more peace we can find, the more happiness we can find. So yeah, that's a very powerful tool for us, especially now. That's so true. And you called the other voice, the one that you would say is the ego, that chattering. I think you call it a chattering hat in the book. Oh, I, I called it, voice. oh, the chatty ass hat <laughs> is what right. I called it. Yes, that voice can the get pretty loud asshat. at times. And I think right now that voice is really acting up for a lot of us. I think it's really, in fact, maybe it's like, I've always thought, you know, some of the things that have happened politically and whatnot in the last few years, that it really is like all the rats coming up out of the basement, you know, all those things that no longer are serving us, no longer working. But, you know, they're they're hanging on for dear life, you know, as we're shedding them. And I think this is just one more thing that we're shedding um, as we move into that more beautiful world that we all long for, that we all know is possible. That's what I really am am hoping and, and holding to see in the future as we come out of this. I mean, I hope, like you were saying, oh, everyone wants things to get back to, to normal. I don't think that it will ever be the way it was, nor is it possible to be the way it was. You know, like we're going to take this exp- with us and things are going to change. Right. And I think that's a a reason to celebrate. I mean, it's, it definitely causes fear, you know, we're going to a whole new place and that's scary, but it's also kind of exciting. So, um, I hope people can focus more on the excitement of that. And even it's a really important time. I think for those of us that know about our thoughts, creating our reality and about how we do influence, um, you know, everything in our world is for those of us that know that I think our job right now is to really envision the world that we want, you know, the envision or the world I see is, you know, equality for everyone, 
um, abundance for everyone. Um, again, brotherhood and recognizing our connection. So I really want to hold to that vision as we move forward because, you know, we are going to move forward. And, um, and that's, that's just a vision that, that is very strong for me and one that I hold on to every day and, and ask anyone to join me in that vision. Oh, I will. Absolutely. I, I love that vision. And I believe that the world is an abundant place and that if you really get down to it, there's enough for everybody and we can all be comfortable and, and happy and enjoy life. It's not just for the select few or the 1%. And I, I hope that that's what we can move towards, you know? So yeah, I mean, I, I'm in, <laughs> I'll yeah, join you. Yeah. I'll join you in your vision. Thank you. And it's been so cool to talk with you, Pam. I, I just, yeah. I love uh, having these conversations with you. And this book is so fun. And you know, it's one of the questions I was going to ask you is that, well, how do you think people should just read it, you know, day by day or lesson by lesson? And then I, I didn't have time to read the whole book. So I skipped to the epilogue and it says, hooray, you may the finish line. Either that or you skipped ahead and that's okay too. <laughs> so you knew what I was going to do is skip ahead to the end and that's okay. What's cool is that you can pick up Pam's book. You can do the lessons every day, 365 days, wherever you decide to enter into this, or you could skip ahead and that's okay too. We'll, we'll benefit either way, right? Exactly. Yeah. Well, again, because we're looking for that guidance, I, I would say that, hey, ask Holy Spirit, where, which lesson should I read today? You know, that's one way to do it. Yeah, that's a good idea. Just kind of open the book. Um, I do that sometimes with several other books I have that are kind of daily uh, readings or, or chapters or something. Sometimes I'll just open up uh, the book and just read it. I have another book I like to pick up, uh, The Book of Awakening by Mark Nepo. And you can just open and, and read any lesson and see what you're supposed to get. So at any rate, I hope people pick up your book and give it a read, The Course of Experiment. And Pam, it's been so fun to talk with you. Stay in touch. Come back and, and visit anytime and come on the show. I'd love it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Diane. Thank you for listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw, and on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts.